When was the first time you felt like you fit in? For me, I was 16 years old, Boulder, Colorado. It was midnight. I was standing in line for a movie prepared with toast, playing cards, newspaper, and a squirt gun. When the lights went down for the late night double feature picture show, I knew by the time I took a jump to the left and a step to the right, I found my people to do the time warp again with. It was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, you might be wondering why my mother let a 16-year-old go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that would be a very good question and definitely out of the scope for this podcast. (laughs) Or a better question is, what the hell does the Rocky Horror Picture Show have to do with your business or your marketing or your message? The answer is a lot. Your business, my business, it's a lot like Rocky Horror. It's not for everyone. And it's time for you and I to decide who our business stands for. So grab your fishnets, get ready to time warp. And by time warp, I mean make a decision about who your business is for and what that means for your visibility and your marketing on this episode of the Rebel Uprising podcast. listening to the Rebel Uprising podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping passionate business owners become recognized leaders who make more money and impact the world by turning their messy, complicated ideas into thriving thought leadership businesses. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mazer, and I'll be your no BS guide in the art of building a business that gets noticed. Each week, I share strategies, tools, and insights on how to turn your complicated ideas into great messaging and solid business structures. Are you ready to create an uprising in your industry? Let's do this. Recently, I had an epiphany about my visibility and my marketing. I've always been kind of a cult following business and brand. And by cult, I don't mean the Jim Jones type of cult. I mean more of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Back when I was a professor, I always had this small group of core students who would follow me from class to class. It didn't matter what I was teaching, they would want to take that class. In fact, one semester I was teaching a graduate statistics class, and here was this group of undergraduate students petitioning to get into a graduate statistics class. Now these students, hadn't even taken undergrad research methods, and they wanted to take graduate statistics because I was teaching it, and that was bananas. Now, for years in my business, I realized that I was trying to build a mass appeal business because that's what these business influencers are teaching you in their courses. That's what they were teaching me. But my style is more of a cult following. I'm more of an indie band, an indie movie than 
a mass appeal, a major blockbuster. And so you and I have to make a decision about who we stand for and what kind of business it is that we're building. And here's a caveat that I want to make. You can be incredibly well-known, incredibly successful by building your business as more of a cult following than as a mass appeal brand. And in fact, I would argue, and I think even Seth Godin might agree with me, that it can be easier and even more successful and fun for you to think about building your brand in more of the style of a cult following. So this is more about a preference than about your level of success and fame and impact that you want to make. So I'm sure for some of you, this is a huge sigh of relief, like, oh, I don't have to be like an Amy Porterfield or a Marie Forleo or James Wedmore to be successful. No, you can build your business to stand for a very specific group of people. So let's get into it. I have some very specific questions that I want to ask you and want you to think about today. So the first is, what kind of thought leadership business are you building? Do you want to build a business that's more of a cult following or one that is more for the masses. So when I think of a cult following business, I do think of something that is more like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And if you think about it, that movie came out in the 70s. It started as an off-off Broadway play, but it still plays on television and in theaters today. New generations keep being introduced to it. And that is a movie that is very specific on who it's for and who it's not for. It's a movie that you've got to be in the know for, right? Like you've got to have someone tell you about it. So you've got to know that you have to bring toast and playing cards and a newspaper to cover your head because people are going to be using squirt guns, or at least they used to be able to use squirt guns. Probably some of the new movie theaters, they might not want you to doing that anymore. So it's exclusive in some ways, but once you know, it's inclusive, right? It's welcoming to people once they know about it. But it's very specific. Seth Godin in his book, This is Marketing, talks about a minimal viable audience. And something like Rocky Horror Picture Show is a minimal viable audience. So this is the kind of business that I am building. I think about other people like my friend Maggie Patterson at Small Business Boss. She is building that type of cult following or Tara McMullen over at the What Works Network. Same type of thing, very specific to a certain group of people. On the other end of the spectrum, you can have a business that is for the masses. So is your business a Fast and a Furious, an Independence Day, a Marvel movie? Are you an Iron Man? Is it for 
everyone, right? So, which is always the opposite of what these people tell us to do, but it's actually the kind of business that they've built. Because right now I'm seeing Amy Porterfield launch her digital course academy, right? And literally, she's basically saying it's for everyone, for every type of business owner who wants to have an online course. So it's big, it's for a big list, all types of business, it has a more generalized appeal. So that's definitely a way to build a business. But you are just going for the numbers, right? More is better. Um, same with like a Fast and Furious movie or a Marvel movie. It's it's big, it's bold, it's like lots of special effects, lots of bro marketing, because you have to use those kinds of tactics to get those numbers. And of course, you might want to have a business that's somewhere in between. Maybe it's like, a, you know, back in the day, like a Matthew McConaughey romantic <laughs> comedy, right? So I think of someone like Rachel Rogers, who is building a business that has a substantial audience, but she's still taking a stand in her business for anti-racism. She's still building it for a very large but specific audience. So she's building her business for black and brown women business owners, but she still opens it to other types of women who want and and men who want to be in a diverse and inclusive state. And hey, if you're like, Michelle, I hate this movie metaphor, don't worry. If you don't like movies, feel free to use music. Is your business more like a grateful dead concert or more like Taylor Swift? Is it more like Fish or more like Katy Perry or the Backstreet Boys? Okay, Backstreet Boys is more 90s, right? (laughs) If you like TV, are you going for more Mad Men, Breaking Bad, or is it Friends and The Voice? So thinking about that mass appeal. And once you kind of have that metaphor in mind, you can ask this next client, this next question. Who is your business for? Now, I am not a believer in ideal clients. Like the ideal client avatar, like that person doesn't actually exist when you write it up. Like Lulu, who's 27 and wears yoga pants and eats granola all day and reads Oprah magazine, she's a made up for fictional thing. I believe in finding what I call your right people, which is a group of people. So I know when I have my cult following type of business, my right people tend to be super smart and sophisticated. They don't fit in with how most online businesses are built. Some of them don't even have online businesses. And most of the stuff they see in the online business world kind of pisses them off. They feel like that's unethical. It's not for them. In fact, they have a very strong sense of right and wrong. They long to be seen and heard and recognized um, for their amazing work. For too long, they have felt just like lucky enough to be in the room. And now they want to be the ones to be known. Like when they walk in the room, they want to be the ones that are known in that room. They just don't want to be lucky to be there anymore. And they're just doing things differently. They're combining their ideas, they're innovative, they're creative, they're multi-passionate, 
where they have like super deep expertise. Like those are my people. <laughs> like the creatives, the multi-passionate, those are my people. And when you have a business that is for the masses, it's going to be more general, like for all online business owners who are struggling to create a digital course. Like, it's not as rich or specific. And so that's kind of why I love creating for a more cult following, because we get to be super rich and detailed about who we want to call in and who we want to serve. You can see where my bias is. And of course, once again, you can be somewhere in between. And then once we know this, we can start choosing the appropriate mentors. I feel like for so long, we've been caught up in the cult of celebrity business ownership, whether it's Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield or like a James Wedmore that we see it and we're like, oh, well, that's the kind of business that I want. And you have to ask yourself your question, is it really Is that the kind of business you want? Or is that the kind of business that's been modeled for you? And if that's the kind of business, like if you sit with yourself and you're like, yes, Michelle, that is the kind of business that I want, then I am 100% there for you. Like if the mass appeal business is what you want, then you're like, yes. And for a long time, that's what I thought I wanted. And then when I get quiet, I was like, no, I want this more cult following, right? And so for a long time, I was choosing the wrong mentors. I chose some of the right mentors, too, because I worked with people like Tara McMullen and Eric Haliermark, who definitely are people who aren't for everyone. So you have to make sure you're choosing the appropriate mentors to work with to help you build that business. So I want to recap with some of these reflection questions because they've been peppered throughout this episode today. So question number one, what type of business do you want to be building? What's your philosophy? Do you want more of that cult following, that indie following that can be successful, but very niche like Rocky Horror Picture Show, Breaking Bad-esque? Or is it something for the masses, Fast and Furious, Taylor Swift? Or is it something in between? Question number two. What's the best metaphor to describe your business? Because I honestly think when you figure out what your metaphor is, then you actually can kind of sink your teeth into what you're building. Because knowing that I'm building a Rocky Horror Picture Show style business has given me so much clarity and what I'm creating over here at Communication Rebel. So find a metaphor and go with it because it'll help you visualize. And number three, Who does your business stand for? Who's showing up for your movie or your TV show or your concert? And finally, who should your mentors be? And one last thing, once you decide who your business is for and have that vision for what kind of thought leadership business you're building, One thing is for sure, you're going to need a message to attract and draw in the right people 
to your business. That is why the Rebel Uprising podcast is brought to you by the Three Word Rebellion Messaging Intensive. If you're ready to package up your big ideas, skills, expertise, and your vision into a one-of-a-kind message that attracts the right people to your business, grows your audience, and helps you make money while making more impact, I'd love to help you create that messaging. The first step is to go grab the Three Word Rebellion pricing and services guide at drmichellemazur.com slash guide. That's drmichellemazur.com slash guide. And remember, get clear on who your business is for. What is that metaphor? What are you building towards? And then maybe, just maybe, we can all do the time warp again. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the show. Your support means the world to me. Did you know the Rebel Uprising podcast has a quiz that can help you pinpoint the number one way to build an audience of super fans while staying true to your unique personality? We do, and it's called What's Your Rebel Roadmap to Exponential Impact and Influence? And you can take it at therebelquiz.com. If you're loving the podcast, do us a favor, rate and leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more people like you find the show. Until next week, remember, your ideas matter. And now get back out there and cause an uprising in your industry. You got this.